If you fail to plan, you are planning to fail. Benjamin Franklin. Just a good old boy, trying to be a good old man, out here learning on the fly, trying to do the best I can. Hello, and welcome to the Faithful Fatherhood podcast, the very first episode of 2023 for the Faithful Fatherhood podcast. Happy New Year, everyone. We are excited to be with you. I'm Brett. Joined as almost always by my co-host Perry. Yeah, he's laughing because Perry. I feel like so Perry Hughes. Uh, I feel like it's been a while since you and I have yeah. just done an episode together. Bring everybody up to speed. Maybe like how has your uh, you know before we kind of dive into the episode, how has your holiday season been? It's been fantastic, and uh, Brett, thank you for your consistency. And man, it's just a joy to be back together again. Uh, my holidays so far have been fantastic. I went on a coaches summit. I don't know if some of y'all may or may not know, but part of what I do in life is own a gymnastics business. And then another part of what I do in life now that I've kind of built that business into running mostly without me, I do life, high performance life coaching uh, for men, for executives, for CEOs, business owners, um, and also families. Uh, so I went to a coaches summit uh, with Brendan Burchard. And it was amazing. It was on fire. I, I just came away with it so inspired and motivated. And then, um, you know, just recently spending time with family, celebrating Christmas, spending some good quality time together, spending some time in the great outdoors, God's creation, doing some hikes. Uh, we hiked Shining Rock, which is an amazing hike. And uh, it was so cold and windy on the Shining Rock hike that the wind would gust and blow and it would literally blow us off balance. And if we didn't take a sidestep to pivot and adjust, we would get knocked on our faces or our sides or our butts or whatever. So, so far it's been a, a fun, fun and adventure filled holiday season. I hope it is for you as well. It is. So, so those sound like some wins. We usually start these episodes by sharing some wins from the week, or in this case, maybe the past couple of weeks, uh, going on the hike, spending some time with your family. Are those your wins or do you have anything kind of more specific that you might want to share in terms of your fathering over the past week or two? Right. Absolutely. So I will tell you this one thing and it, it, it was just I don't know if everybody else will see it this way, but it was such a melt your heart moment. So I came home from this coaching summit and I'm talking to the kids about these new visions and big aspirations and this, all these things, you know, that I'm going to be doing and building and, you know, all this stuff. And, um, and I'm talking to the kids about it and I'm like, Hey, listen, kids, uh, I'm about to build an empire. And, and Ruby's sitting right beside me and she kind of looks up from the stool. We're sitting around the breakfast table. And she's like, daddy. And I'm like, yeah, baby. And she goes, I'm a part of your empire. Oh. And I'm like, yeah, you are a big part of the empire. You're a big part of it. And so like, that's a huge win to me. It might seem like this tiny little thing, but I want my kids to know, like, as we have big vision, you know, for the future, as we have big aspirations and goals, as we have these dreams of building an empire, not for Perry Hughes. Like I, I don't want to build an empire for Perry Hughes or the faithful fatherhood podcast or for my coaching business. I want to build an empire for God that glorifies God, that builds his kingdom, that comes alongside with what he's doing in the hearts of men and women and families and kids. I want to be a part of his kingdom. 
but sure, let's build a little earthly empire that points towards that. But it, it really was an affirmation to me that my young daughter at the age of nine knows, but she's a part of that. She's included. It's a big deal. You know what I mean? I'm not going to go build some empire and, le- and abandon my family and leave them hanging or, or not let them be a part of it or, you know, whatever. That would be completely missing the mark, Brett. You know, there's a, and then there's a lot of us in the world that have, have spent the last 10 years hustling, working hard, grinding to look back and realize, oh man, it's lonely at the top. That's right. Now, I, I, you know, a lot of successful people will have the phrase, well, it's low, oh, man, it's lonely at the top. Brother, that's not going to be my phrase. Those words aren't going to come out of my mouth because I'm going to tend to my family as we grow and as we, you know, level up and as we do all these things. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to stay attentive. I'm going to stay engaged. I'm going to default engage with my family through this whole process. Uh, so that's a win for me this week. And, uh, I hope everybody can kind of sense and feel that, but how about you? Uh, tell me about a win you've got. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a good holiday season. I think, I think a win that I would share is to brag on my, my second child, Benjamin. Uh, we, some of you may know what Angel Tree is. Do, you, do you, are you familiar with Angel Tree, Perry? Is that, I don't know if that's like an international thing, a national thing, or just something our church does. I feel like it's like you're kind of adopting another kid. Is that right? It's you, you're basically buying basically buying Christmas presents for another yes. kid, a kid in need, yes. right? So it's basically yeah. a, an organization that that tries to equip needy families with with gifts for the holidays, so that they can have. A fun Christmas as well, and so you know we we pull a this this little uh, I don't know note card off of this Christmas tree at church, and it's got a kid's name. Actually, it doesn't have a kid's name on it, but it's got a wish list of things the kid would want. And so, okay, we'll go out and and buy these gifts and and you know wrap them anonymous, uh, anonymously, and 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 the kid gets these on Christmas, which is great. And so my kids like that idea, and um, and so we're going to we're going to shop for these gifts, bringing my kids along to do that, so they can pick out some of the clothes and toys and so forth. And and my son Benjamin, he said, you know what? I still have a lot of I, I still have some giving money in my jar. I want to use that to buy these gifts for this. That's kid. awesome. You know, and I had fully intended, obviously, just to just to buy the gifts. And but it was his heart to a remember that he had the the giving money. We always we encourage our kids, not encourage, we we sort of have taught them to, you know, every time they get money, they set some aside obviously for savings and for giving. And and he just had a heart. It just kind of came to him that, hey, you know what, I want to actually bless this kid this holiday season. And so he used his own money to to do that. And so that was really cool. That's and, awesome. Uh, you know, there was a that was a win just to see his heart of of generosity. Yes. Oh man, I love it. I love it. So, and so as we transition, and actually, I think what you said earlier about about your goals and your vision and and the empire, but but bringing your family along for the ride is really a good segue to what we want to talk about. You know, it is the beginning of twenty twenty three, and it's a little bit cliche, I guess, to talk about New Year's resolutions and I'm gonna I'm gonna plan for the year and 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 all of that. And yet, you know, I think it's very clear that life. Life's going to happen one way or the other, and it's very easy for the same old, same old to continue to happen. Yep. The way that yep. we have been living our lives to perpetuate into the new year, the way that we have fathered our kids, the things that we don't like about the family dynamics, as if nothing changes, nothing's going to change. 
And yeah. so all of a sudden you wake up and it's February and it's March and it's April and nothing has really changed for the better in terms of our, our family units, in terms of our intentionality as fathers in our family if we don't intentionally set out to make some changes. And so one of the practices that my wife and I have always done at the start of every year is to do what we call reflection and planning. And so I just want to I want to take some time on this episode to open up our lives to you to hear from Perry about what he and his family do in terms of thinking about and planning for the year ahead and and hopefully provide a little bit of structure that you guys can use and incorporate into the first part of your year to set a foundation and a framework to have a more successful 2023 in terms of, again, we're going to do it through the lens and the eyes of fatherhood. But obviously, this is all stuff that you can do with respect to your to your finances, to your to your work, to your business, uh, to your relationships, to your exercise and your health. Right? There are obviously different things that we can plan and reflect and prepare for, but we'll obviously do it through the lens of fatherhood. Uh, to sort of set the stage, or just out of curiosity, Perry, do you have, do, like what does New Year's look for you guys? Do you have any New Year's traditions? Are you are you a New Year's resolution guy? Do you sit around as a family and set New Year's resolutions? Like, what does New Year's Day look like for you? Sure. So a lot of times for us, because of the nature of our gymnastics business, we have like two weeks off around Christmas and New Year's often. And some years we're in a financial position to take a big adventure type trip. So a lot of times for us, New Year's is our family off on some big adventure. Um, and, and sometimes we miss the, the intentionality of framing the year because we're off on adventure, because we're do, taking the kids on some travel experience or, you know, whatever. Um, so like, a couple, I don't remember if it was last year or a couple of years ago. I think it was last year. We took, we took everybody down to Florida and we did some freshwater springs and rivers paddling adventures for like that whole week, you know, around uh, New Year's. But uh, on the years that we haven't done travel, we have done some more specific intentional planning. And one of the things we've done, and this was as the kids were a little bit younger, um, we made vision boards uh, with the kids and we took we went and found a bunch of old magazines. We used to get, you know, uh, like adventure magazines and travel magazines. And, you know, I know magazines are kind of a thing of maybe the past <laughs> these days. Uh, but we could always, you know, thinking forward, get images off the Internet and print these things, too. But we just set the tone for our kids on what a vision board is. Some you know, who do you want to become? What do you want to do? What things do you want to accomplish the next year? You know, and we let our kids um, just kind of brainstorm. We helped guide them in the brainstorm session a little bit. And then we found images that were fun and uh, inspiring and reflective of that. And then we also even let the kids draw and write on the vision board. So it was kind of this big hodgepodge uh, collage of glued on magazine images, pictures that they drew, words that they wrote out, or maybe, you know, artistically, you know, painted or drew or wrote on the thing. And it was this vision board of all the different things that the kids were wanting to lean into for the next year. And it was very fun because as we went through the year, these boards are up in their rooms 
And as they would make an accomplishment that they had set an intention to do, we would celebrate that, you know, and go, oh, look, you wrote this down on your vision board. And now it has come to fruition. Now it's happened. You did it. You, you know, you accomplished it. So it's a fun way to celebrate as the year goes on because it was something that was up visually, had a place in their rooms and they could celebrate. And then also they could be reminded if they get a little off course, you know, maybe with their finances. Hey, remember you said you were going to save up your money for this one item. Do you really want to go waste it on another set of Legos? Not that Legos are bad, but right. You know what I'm saying? Like we could use it in the moment at, at the year when they were having a hard time um, doing something management with their money wise. We could bring them back to that vision board and go, look, this is what you set your intention to. Is the decision that you're about to make, is it congruent with what you set out for the year? So that's been one tool that we've done in years past that's been uh, highly successful. Yeah, I love that. And I think that's something that would be worth incorporating for all of us. And I'm thinking uh, just about our own family. And, I, and let's settle here for a moment, right? I, I had planned to talk about goal setting with our kids. So I'll just let's, yep. front, let's front load that conversation a little bit because that's sure. exactly what you're talking about. And it sounds like that's something that in the past you have done intentionally at the outset of the year. And that's something that I would encourage men listening to do with your, with your kids and your families as well. I don't think that goal setting is something that is an obvious concept or comes naturally to kids. And mm-hmm. frankly, I think it's a hard enough thing for, for grownups, for adults to get our minds around setting goals, uh, having intentionality about working systematically towards objectives and goals in our lives, whether again, it's health or business or relationships in this case. And, and we're going to talk more about that. But the earlier that we can help our kids start to understand that concept and internalize that concept man, how much better off will they be then as they move towards adulthood in terms of the success in the rest of their lives? And so that is something that we do try to do with our kids. So Melanie and I will sit around and and we'll plan for ourselves and we'll set some intentions for our own lives and what we want to do with the family and, and so forth. And I'm going to talk about all of that as well. But we also then, we, we do block out some time with our kids and sit them down and ask them each to set at least at least one goal for the year. And I remember when we first asked them to do that, they had no idea what we were talking about. Like, what, like, what right. do you mean? What, what do you mean? What's a goal? And so, and then, so it was this balancing act between giving them ideas, but not telling them what their goals should be. And so, you know, I remember Benjamin, um, you know, he, he was, he's always been a pretty good speller. In fact, he's, he made the, he, he made the spelling bee again this year for his class as one of the best spellers. But Ooh. I remember a couple of years ago, it was like, Hey, you know, I, uh, may, for example, you could set a goal to make the spelling bee. Oh, okay. That's going to be my goal. I'm like, Oh gosh, I just like gave him his goal. You know <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But then we, but then we talked about that, like, Oh, okay. But, but do you actually want that? Is that actually right. something that you want to work towards? Well, I don't know. It'd be kind of cool. Okay. Well, if it's a goal, what is that going to require? It's going to require you reading more. Oh, I don't know if I want to read more. <laughs> you know, we're like, yeah. I have to like study words. I have got to memorize words. I have to Okay. And so then we started to match this idea of, okay, now there are actions you're going to have to take throughout the year 
to achieve that goal. And that goal has to be accomplished by, you know, October of 2020, you know, or whatever the year was that we were talking about this. And, and, and so starting to craft this idea of, okay, you have this goal and then we're going to back up from that goal and set, set actions that are going to help you achieve that goal and so forth. And so, uh, anyway, that's just, but it was interesting watching sort of the light bulbs come on as they, as they started to realize that there are things that they might actually want to, to work for. And just, just a quick, you know, teaching point for, for people listening. And I'm sure this probably isn't a new concept for most of you, but just a reminder that especially with our kids, as we're helping them understand the importance of goal setting and more importantly, how to do it is, is not to have them try to set too many goals. Yeah. But also to have what what we call smart goals, right? And so, I'm Perry. I'm as a as a life coach, as as a business coach. I'm sure you do this with your clients as well. But but smart just being an acronym for the types of goals that you want to set. S specific. They need to be specific. I remember when Jackson was was setting his goal. He goes, "I want to be a better basketball player." Yeah. How, how do you measure that? How do you measure that? And that's actually the M, right? So S is specific. M is measurable. How, okay, Jackson, that's fine. Good goal. How are you going to know at the end of the year if you are a better basketball player? How are you going yep. to measure that? Is it your free throw percentage? Is it how much playing time you got during the during the year on your basketball team? Well, do you have control over that or not? Does the coach have control over that? So like specific goals, measurable goals, A, are they achievable? And, yep. and to me, that goes with the R. The R is realistic, achievable and realistic. I know there are nuances. For A, I actually like actionable. Is it is it something mm-hmm. that you can actually take action to to achieve? Yeah. Are the goals realistic? So Jackson, is it realistic for you to be a better basketball player? Yes. Is it realistic for, for you to be a starter on the varsity basketball team? Maybe. Maybe, but let's look at your current abilities, your current playing time, all of those types of things. And so maybe we need to set a goal that's a little bit more realistic, that's a stretch, right? We want to stretch you. We want to help you grow and and achieve more than you're currently doing. But we also, you you know, your goal can't be to make the NBA. You're only in middle school. And so it has to be realistic right. and it has to be time bound. So, so the spelling bee example for Benjamin was good because there was an actual literal time limit. We knew when the spelling bee was going to happen in their classroom setting. His goal was to win that so he can move on to like the the district championships, you know, and, and go to the spell off for the whole Eastern Tennessee region. And, and we had an actual date on the calendar that we can work towards. And so again, the goals need to be smart, specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and timely. And I think if you help your kids sort of understand that and set goals appropriately, it could be a powerful thing to do with them. And then just bringing it back to what you had said, that's all we have really done with them is try to have each of them set a a smart goal for the year. And then at the end of the year, remind them what their goal was. And did you achieve it? Did you not achieve it? Why did you achieve it? Why didn't you achieve it? What worked well as you were working towards it? Or did you completely forget about it because it actually wasn't that important to you? So having that debriefing time, but I like what you said, Perry, of having the vision board is something that would keep it front and center, visual for them to look at in their room and be reminded of what's important to them during the year. I like incorporating that as well. Yeah, for sure. And I love the SMART goals. We do that at home with our family. I do it with my team at 
you know, the gymnastics business. I do it with clients, of course, uh, and, and high performance coaching. And, and I'm going to throw in a completely opposite concept. And I would love to see your thoughts and feedback. You might go, Perry, that's rubbish. I hate it. This is the <laughs> dumbest thing ever. Why would you even say that on the podcast, right? I'm intrigued. Well, this is, this is what I heard maybe last year. I can't remember what famous person said this. So I, I'm, I'm not claiming this as my own idea. Okay, everybody? I just can't remember who to give credit to. But he goes, yeah, I've always heard about smart goals. Make your smart goals. Make your smart goals. Make your smart goals. Baloney. Let's make some dumb goals. And I'm like, what? What is this? You know, where, what is this? What is happening right now? Well, the idea is, yes, let's have some smart goals, but also let's have some dumb goals. Let's have some big, crazy, huge aspiration goals and not be not be so uh, technical and, you know, exact and strategic and go, well, I'm going to only think of something that I know I can achieve this year or this month or this whatever the deadline is. Right. But. Sure, let's have a goal to be the best speller in the world. Let's have a goal to be uh, the youngest NBA player ever, right? Like JP, my son, might have a goal to be the most YouTube-watched taxidermist in the world. Like, Like, let's, yes, we need to have some smart goals that we can tick off the list and have some tangibles, and at the same time, we need to ourselves and teach our kids to dream ginormously big. And so let's not lose sight of big dreams, big aspirations, crazy goals that might seem ridiculous or might even seem impossible. Let's put those on the list too. Because, you know, like if somebody, if Benjamin's got the idea of being the best speller ever in all time of history, that's his goal. I'm going to be the best speller in all of history ever. Well, what if he doesn't quite make it and he's like the third best speller in history ever? Whoa, like that's still amazing, right? Like what if he's the 10th best speller, you know, or, you know, whatever it is, right? So it's this whole flip side of that coin. And, it, and please hear me. I am in no way diminishing the smart goals. I think that's fantastic. It's practical. It's awesome. I run my life that way. I run my businesses that way. I teach my kids that way. And yet still there's something that really speaks to my soul when I hear the idea of, man, you've been dreaming too small. Like, let's do something big. Let's dream something crazy. Let's dream something so big it's bigger than me and it's going to take Yahweh's intervention. It's going to take God's hand in it to like make it possible. So let's do that too. I don't think it's rubbish. I thank you for introducing the concept. <laughs> it is perhaps a little bit dumb. No. Uh, here's, here's what I do love about it. And, and this is just what, what I'm thinking as you're talking about that is kids have an unbelievable ability to dream unfiltered in a way that we lose over time. Yes. Because sitting here at age 44, not 45, Me Perry, <laughs> Perry and I were joking. <laughs> we, we both, Perry thought he was a year younger than he actually is. I have for pretty much all year felt like I was a year older than I actually am. And it's actually been kind of nice to realize that, well, I'm actually only 44, not 45. I gained a year of my life. Uh, <laughs> but sitting here at age 44, it is hard to dream really big sometimes. Yeah. 
Yes. As I think of, I want to make 10% more income next year in my business. Really? Like, yeah, that's a smart goal. That's a, but like, why not 10 times as much? Yes. You know, and so, but it's hard. Do I want to still, do I still want to be an astronaut? Like, do I still want to be a Supreme Court justice? Well, Brett, but those aren't possible for you anymore. Like, well, well, why not? You know, so, so over time, we lose that, that ability to dream big. And that's something we as fathers may need to tap back into. But kids have no problem dreaming big. And so what I hear you saying, Perry, is let's not stifle that at all. Let's encourage that. Let's hear when Jackson says, I want to be an NBA player. Okay, that that is a goal. Let's put it on the dream board. Let's cut out a picture and that's a dream board. But you're 12 years old, five foot nothing. You're not actually going to make the NBA today. So we can kind of blend the smart goals. Let's make it a goal to be a starter on your middle school team with the vision of becoming an NBA basketball player. Yes. It's a step in that direction. It's a step in that direction. So I guess what I'm trying to blend is as a father, I can't, I certainly can't rain on his parade. And in fact, I need to prop up the belief that he can, because what if he actually does? What if the world tries to tell him he's not going to be good enough, but he says, screw you world, I'm going to do it anyway. And I will be the five foot 10 Muggsy Bogues who can dunk and who can play and who can do it anyway. And it's his job to figure that out. And it's my job as his father to prop up those beliefs, encourage the belief that he can do whatever he sets his mind to. And putting audacious, dumb goals on the vision board when they're 12, 10, 3. Like I want to hear what my three-year-old Declan wants to be. You know, how many kids when they're growing up want to be president of the United States, want to be a Supreme Court justice, want to be an astronaut, not realizing that 0.000001% of the people actually do that. But what if they are the one that does that? And so anyway, it's a a long soapbox to basically say, I agree with you. I think there's got to be a balance though when we're setting goals at the beginning of the year between let's let's let them have the dumb goals, but then let's also have the smart goals so they understand the concept of working towards those. But let's definitely not rain on their parade when they throw out some of those dumb goals that you're talking about. That's right. We want to validate it. We want to encourage it. We want to uh, support it and go, yes, that's awesome. And then we also want to rein it in and give them some tangible steps on how can they be moving in the right direction towards that unfiltered. I love the way you describe that. Towards that unfiltered goal, let's make some let's make some tangible next steps. A lot of times in my in my coaching business, I say what's the next what's the what's the next small step in the right direction? And that's what we're helping our kids do. Okay, what's the next small step you can take to be to becoming an NBA all-star player? And that might be, okay, I'm going to practice shooting hoops every day. I'm going to practice for this many minutes every day. And then that's going to help me get more playtime in the game. That's going to help me become a starter. That's going to help me, you know, boom, boom, boom. And then one day, man, maybe he is the NBA superstar, you know? I love it. Yeah. So that is some some things that we can do with our kids in the new year. Intentional goal setting. And by the way, if you have – 
If you have older kids, do this with them, teenagers, even adult kids, sitting down and, and helping them with some of this stuff will serve them well in life. But the other thing that we always try to do is reflection and planning for ourselves. For me, looking inward, me, Brett Etheridge, and I asked myself two questions. What went well last year? What did I actually do well last year? And then I spend some time thinking about, okay, but what do I, what can I do better this next year? What are some ways that I want to be different, to show up better, to show up more fully? As a father, what did I do well last year? And what can I mm. do better? And and we carve out intentional time. I I, I mentioned on an earlier episode that I'm, I'm not always a journaler. I don't always do well with journaling regularly throughout the year, although maybe that could go on my list of what I can do better. Uh, but this is a time when I actually do get out pen and paper and I sit down with a cup of hot chocolate. So we talked a little bit about <laughs> New Year's traditions and uh, – we have been, you, you tend to travel, it sounds like. We, for whatever reason, recently, the past several years, the boy's grandmother likes to take them on New Year's Eve. And so, cool. hey, have at it. That that frees me and Melanie up to, to celebrate just the two of us on New Year's Eve. And what we usually do is we just turn off the television. We, we block out a couple of hours and we sit down with the cup of hot chocolate and a fire in the fireplace and the Christmas lights are usually still on in the house. And, and we just sit and write and talk and journal and, and reflect on these two questions. And so I'll awesome. share, I'll share certainly some of my, my answers to these as I've been reflecting, but, but curious if you want to share some of yours, Perry, as well. And the first question again is reflection on the previous year, what went well? And I, always start with the good because yeah. it's easy to be critical of ourselves. It's easy right. to quickly see where we fell short. Here's what I don't like about the family dynamics right now. Here's where I failed as a father. Here's what I don't like about my kids or show how my kids are showing up in the world right now. Okay. There'll be time for all of that, but let's start with the good. Because there's always something. There's always something positive. And I would encourage you to come up with at least three things. What are three things that you feel like you did well last year as a father? Uh, and I'll, you know, I, I have three written down here. Maybe, Perry, if you're sort of thinking about this on the spot, you can start to think about a couple of things. And sure. and I think an obvious one for me was starting the podcast, starting the Faithful Father yeah. podcast. You know, we launched this over kind of late summer. 2022. And, and I think that was a big thing. And I think that was something that we did well, that I did well, was getting that off the ground. And the reason I, I put it as a positive is not just, oh, yay, we started a podcast. But as I have mentioned before, it has made me so much more intentional about how I'm showing up as a father. I just, yeah. you know, I, I've been trying to implement some of the the ideas and things we've been discussing, ideas that some of the guests have introduced. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I love that. And, and I'll take it and I'll actually do it or I'll act a certain way with my kids or I have a little bit more grace and patience. We did an episode about Ephesians 6, 4 and it's like, okay, it has been in the forefront of my mind to not exasperate my children. Doesn't mean I haven't exasperated them since we did that episode. I do, I have, <laughs> but maybe not as much, you know? And so it's like right. just doing the podcast, I think is something that that I did well in 2022. I'm proud of it. I'm glad we got it off the ground. And I think it has made me 
a better father. So that's one of mine. I've got a couple others. Are there any you you want to share, Perry, about things you did well last year as a father? Yeah. And for me, the podcast is definitely there. I just want to echo that and say thank you for spearheading that. For those of y'all that don't know, this podcast is is Brett's vision. And you know, I know we talked about on probably maybe the very first episode. We want to be the best fathers in the world right? We're talking about setting these crazy goals, right? We talk about that. Like there's been some amazing fathers in the world over history. And you and I are sitting here like, well, I want to be the best father in the world. I'm going to be the best one I can be, right? And so, man, it's been such a joy to be able to share in, in getting this podcast up and off the ground. So that's definitely one for me too. Um, and then I think also uh, for me, a huge success is this year, I continued with the process of an initiation into manhood trip. Many of y'all know I took my second born son, Liam, on a 13-year-old birthday trip. We did a surf trip. That was a huge win for me this year and a big impact on his life. And so as I reflect back over the year, um, that 13-year-old trip that I did with Liam is something I'll remember for the rest of my life. It's going to be something that he will remember for the rest of his life. And, and Lord willing, hopefully, it changed the trajectory of my son's life in a positive way. This 13-year-old trip where we talk about important things. We talk about what does it mean to be a man. We talk about, some hey, these are some things that might trip you up. These are some things to watch out for. And we had a big, fun adventure. We went and surfed big waves. It was awesome. So that certainly comes to the forefront of my mind in my own uh, personal fathering, you know, fatherhood journey this year. Awesome. I love that. My second thing is sort of along those lines. I haven't had a coming of age trip or anything like that, but I reflect back and I feel like I did a good job of having big experiences with my kids as well. There were some big events. I took an individual road trip with both Benjamin and Jackson at various times throughout the summer where we spent a lot of time in the car uh, driving Jackson to a summer camp, driving Ben to a summer camp, and just a lot of road time where we, we got to talk about life things, uh, you know, man things like you were talking about. And, and then setting them up to have those experiences. We, we climbed Mount Leconte. We did a whole episode about that, yeah. but that was a fun day. You know, we went to the beach as a family and had a lot of one-on-one time in the ocean with them. And, and so just, you know, and I, I think that's a win, right? I, I think that is something that we did well, that I did well over the previous year was putting things on the calendar throughout the year that the kids could look forward to, that I could look forward yeah. to, and that we got to spend time together. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And we we did a family trip this year too, and we're, we have set the intention of doing a big family trip again in 2023. Um, and I just want to, I don't know, remind everybody that you, you don't have to spend a ton of money to do these trips. Good point. Right? You, you don't, you know, like we're planning a trip this year that, yes, is probably going to be the most expensive family vacation that we've ever done. But we're at a place where we can do that this year. But not everybody's in that place. And that's OK. But I just want to encourage everybody, don't let that be an excuse to not do it. Because it, you, you don't have to have a boat to take, to take the kids fishing. You don't have to have a bunch of airline miles to fly them to Alaska. You don't have to have all these things. 
right? You can take them on a hike. I mean, that, what's that cost? Gas money? You pack some snacks, you know, and, and literally that Lacant hike that we did, my son Seth is still bringing that up. That's awesome. Hey, we did Lacant. You know what I mean? When Nancy and I went and hiked with our friends uh, over, over our holiday break this time, Seth's like, well, how many miles was that? And I was like, oh, it was nine. And he goes, oh, yeah, that's less than Lacant. I'm like, yeah, man, it was less than Lacant. And he's like, well, was it as steep as Lacant? Was it like going up the mountain? I'm like, no, man, it was way easier. Like we drove up to the ridge line and we hiked along the ridge line. So it was just like a little up and down. And Seth's like, yeah, not as hard. <laughs> There's pride there. Oh, that's awesome. It wasn't as hard, you know? So, yeah, I mean, what did that day cost? Some gas money to drive to the trailhead, some money for food. Guess what? That we would have spent anyway. Peanut butter, and, money peanut butter food. and jelly sandwiches aren't that expensive. You know? Yeah. So uh, don't let the lie of I don't have enough money to take my kids or my family on adventurous things. Don't let that lie win in your brain as you're making these decisions because it doesn't have to be expensive. Um, so just a quick side note there. Um, and then for me, this is something that I got back to this year that I had kind of neglected. And it was just little dates, little one-on-one -on -one lunch dates with the kids, you know, uh, individually. And I had kind of gotten away from that this year. And now we've gotten back into the routine and back into the habit of that. That was a big win for me this year. And it is something that I want to continue to do moving forward next year is just get a little one-on-one -on -one time with the kids on a regular basis. Maybe it's once a week. Maybe it's, you know, whatever your schedule, whatever you can intentionally carve out in your schedule. And for me, a small business owner, we homeschool our kids. Lunchtime kind of works for me. Maybe that doesn't work for you. Or maybe it does. Maybe, you're, I mean, you don't have, your kids don't have to be homeschooled to do lunch. I mean, you can show up at their school, check them out for lunch, go get a, a salad somewhere, bring them back to school, drop them back off. You can show up at your kid's school and eat lunch at their table probably. I mean, I don't know, but uh, anyway, it doesn't have to necessarily be lunch. It could be an after school hot chocolate. Pick them up one day a week after school and take them for a hot chocolate. But it is intentional, just fun, little, short, 30 minute, you know, 45 minute, whatever it is, date one-on-one -on -one time with the kids. I think that's a, a great way to pour into the lives of your kids. And that's something that I did well this year. And I want to not only do it well next year, but I kind of really honestly want to increase the, the tempo of, I want to increase the frequency of that as I lean into 2023. Kudos to you for that. That's a, that's a great idea and great intentionality that I think we could all incorporate. All right. So what do you want to do better next year? Right? So reflection and planning. So we reflect on what went well. What do we want to leave behind? But what do we want to carry forward? We want to carry forward the good. We want to maybe leave behind the bad and figure out what to do better. And just as I said, we it's easy to be critical of ourselves. We always start with the good. When it is time to reflect maybe on where we can improve, don't be too hard on yourself. Don't beat yourself up. Give yourself grace. Recognize that, okay, I fell short in this area, or maybe I didn't even just fall short. I absolutely butchered a relationship with one of my kids, <laughs> you know, whatever it is. 
yeah. there's always redemption. There's always a way That's to right. restore and to heal and to come back uh, into grace with your kids and and to do things better and right moving forward. And so I would also encourage you, just like as with the reflection of what went well, try to come up with at least three things. When you're thinking about where maybe you fell short, limit it to just one to three things. Don't be too hard on yourself, but try to put your finger on maybe a couple of areas where you could do better. And so for me, I would say one of the things that I want to be intentional about in the new year, and I know I can be better at, is nurturing the spiritual growth of my kids better and more intentionally. Yeah. I spend a ton of time with them. I, I referenced the big experiences. The other, another thing that I had, had written down that went well is I was there for everything. I did a very good job of being present in their lives. I coached their baseball teams for Jackson and Benjamin. I was at every event, every school event, all their sporting events. It's just, I'm there. I'm good at being there. But am I always talking to them about scripture? Am I always helping them with the emotional and spiritual aspect of their lives? If they're falling short in certain areas, am I getting out the Bible and helping them figure out where to find solutions in their own lives and how to turn to God and all of those types of things? And, and I think the answer is no, I probably don't do as much of that as I should. And so that's one area that I know I can do better. It's not like I don't do any of that, but sure. I know I can do more of that. And so that's something that's certainly on my list to to be better at in 2023. How about you, Perry? Anything come to mind that you know you can do better as a father? Yeah, a few things. And I really um, echo that myself. And I want to share a resource with our listeners. Um, we, for many years, have read children's Bible stories to the kids. And we've probably tried, I can't say we've tried every children's Bible out there, but we've tried a bunch of them. And I want to give everybody, if your kids are, if they're young and you're predominantly reading the Bible to them, one amazing Bible um, is called the Jesus Storybook Bible. Man, it is, I mean, like it and the other kids' Bibles, they're not even on the same page. It's beautiful. It crafts the story of the Bible through the Old Testament stories, the New Testament stories, and the whole beautiful picture of the scripture is, an, is this underlying pointing pointing to Jesus. Like it's, it's underlined through the entire thing, and I love it. It's amazing. And then as your kids get a little bit older, there's a, there's a version of it called the story of God's love for you. Now, this one is not a picture Bible. It's like a stair step from a children's pictures, parents read to you Bible. This is more like, you know, maybe later elementary school, middle school years that they can actually begin to look into and read the stories themselves. Now, I think the verbiage uh, is the same as the Jesus Storybook Bible, but the presentation is such that it's a little bit more, you know, those middle, those middle childhood growing up years. And then by the time they're you know, in the late childhood years, the teen years, um, then we can transition them into like a, an actual, you know, an actual adult uh, type Bible and teach them how to study that. Um, but for my third born son, one of the things he said that he wanted to get better at 
um, because we kind of just recently sat down and did a self-assessment and they rate themselves on a score of one to 10. How am I doing with my hobbies? How am I doing with my school? How am I doing with my health? How am I doing with my spirituality? And they kind of all rate themselves a number. And Seth gave himself a, a number that he w- didn't like and he wanted to improve on his spirituality. And I said, hey, I've got this Bible that you can start to read. You know, he's 11. Um, and so I've got this set to give to him. Nice. Now, that was last week when we sat down and talked about that. And I just went and got this out of my thing. So <laughs> that's a quick way to improve. I'm going to write him a little note on the inside of the Bible, a meaningful note to him. And then I'm going to make sure he has this in his hands. Um, and then one thing that I want to do better about this year, too. This is still in the wrapper. So I bought this sometime through the year, and it is an emotion wheel. I haven't ever even taken it out of the wrapper. I'm taking it out of the wrapper right now. (laughs) There's so much room for improvement here. I bought this at some point through the year, and it is this idea that most of us don't know how to express more than about like five emotions, right? It's like, oh, I'm, I'm mad or I'm angry. Oh, I'm happy. Oh, I'm sad. And there is literally this giant array of emotions. And one of the things I want to do better at as a father is number one, being able to articulate my own emotions a little bit better. And number two, educating my children on the full spectrum of emotional experiences and helping them begin to identify okay, you know, I might feel ridiculed, disrespected, alienated, inadequate, insignificant, worthless, inferior, worried, overwhelmed, frightened, terrified. Instead of just saying, I'm afraid, there's all these minute different ways to say that. Or instead of saying, you know, saying I'm happy, I can say I'm joyful, I'm interested, I'm proud, I'm accepted, I'm powerful. I'm peaceful, I'm optimistic, I'm inspired, I'm open, I'm playful, I'm hopeful, I'm loving, I'm fulfilled, right? Like, so begin to explain all these different emotions to the kids and help them learn what they are, learn how to self-identify, and then learn how to express. So that's one thing I'm really setting an intention for in this upcoming year. In addition to piggyback on what you're saying is the spiritual teaching, more intentional, but I also want to teach them how to understand emotions a little bit better. Uh, well, frankly, I want to help them understand it a lot better. <laughs> um, and I'm set that intention for 23. I'll post links to all of these resources that Perry has been mentioning in the show notes below. A couple more things that I want to focus on this year. One is to pray for my kids and for myself first thing in the morning. Mm, I sort of got away from that last year. And I'm reflecting back to a couple years ago where actually, Perry, I don't know if you remember, I mean, you and I a couple of years ago uh, had an accountability thing going, which I really appreciated. And one of the things that you kind of were holding me accountable to was my morning quiet times. And I found that if I could set the alarm 15 minutes early, and actually have some quiet time, some prayer time, and pray for my kids and myself and my patience with them and my ability to father them well and and just pray for a certain intention with them each day, whatever's going on in their lives, whatever's going on in my lives. If I could do that first thing in the morning, 
the trajectory of the day was totally different in a mm. positive way. I yeah. was, you know, like, and I find, so the flip side of that is this last year, I sort of got away from doing it in the morning. I was like, well, I could just do it anytime I want. As long as I carve out some time during the day to spend with God, even if it's the last five minutes before I'm falling asleep at night, exhausted, hint, hint, that doesn't really work. That's giving the God the worst of my day, <laughs> not the best of my day. But that's sort of what I had fallen into this past year is trying to work God into the nooks and crannies of my life, trying to work my my quiet times into the nooks and crannies of my life, as opposed to intentionally front-loading it. Because what I reflect on and remember is if I would do that, I wasn't irritated with my kids by breakfast. You know, like right. you, they would come down and they'd already do something to annoy me. But if I had already done that, if I had already prepared my heart, prepared my mind, I didn't snap at them first thing in the morning. I'm preparing breakfast. The whole tone of the day is better. Like the whole day is just better. That's just selfishly what I found aside from giving the best of God first thing in the morning. But but all of that to say, you know, I think that's an area where I slipped a little bit. I backslid a little bit in terms of my discipline, in terms of my my priorities this past year. And moving forward in 2023, I, I'm, I'm intending to get back to front-loading that because I just know that there is a lot of fruit that comes if I can make that a priority first thing in the morning. Yeah, man, I love that. And I would love uh, to join you in that because I need that in my life too. I, I have also in the last year kind of neglected that intentional 15-minute quiet time, praying with the Lord, praying for my day, praying for my kids. Uh, so maybe we jump back into a little bit of accountability there. Uh, with each other to move in that direction for 2023. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Um, so I'm going to adopt that. And then I'm going to uh, share one more that is uh, very much at the forefront of my mind. And that is something that that I have known, but it became glaringly obvious as I was away on this coaching summit recently. And that is the idea that in in each and every interaction that we have, with another human being, there's an exchange of energy. And it's the idea that, okay, before you and I sit down to get on the podcast, we're going to set an intention of what kind of energy are we bringing to this engagement? What kind of energy are we going to bring to this recording? Before I sit down and make a video to post on social media, I'm going to sit down and get in the right mindset and go, what kind of energy do I want to put into this? If I have an exchange, a personal one-on-one -on -one exchange with another human being, what kind of energy am I bringing to the table? Being A, aware of that. B, setting intention, okay? Am I tired? Am I hurting? Am I uh, bored right now? Am I, you know, what, whatever kind of down or negative energy? Am I angry? Am I upset with someone? You know, am I bringing this in? Am I front? My kids are acting crazy, whatever, and I'm getting a little frustrated inside. And then I go to engage with them with that frustrated energy. Guess what? It's, it doesn't work. No, it it's projects. a backfire. It's a, oh, uh, I'm going to set a firecracker off and, and throw it. Well, the fuse is too short. Boom, it blows up in your face. But instead, if I can transform from that frustrated energy with my wife or with my children and, and sure, I'm not saying 
forget about it or abandon it or pretend like it doesn't happen, but maybe process it. And before I engage, take a few calming breaths and go, okay, I'm going to bring an energy of calm to this situation. Take a few breaths and go, okay, I'm going to bring an energy of wisdom. Say a prayer, Lord, help me, right? I'm going to bring it. I'm going to bring an energy of positivity. I'm going to bring an energy of love. I'm going to bring an energy of grace, right? So for me personally, not only am I, and I'm, am I striving to do that with my children as, and pay attention to what kind of energy am I bringing to this interaction, but I'm also going to begin to train them how to do that too. And when I see them bring a squabbling, you're wrong and I'm right, to the, a, a conflict with their sibling, as I talk to them about that, I'm going to say, hey, how did that work out for you when you showed up in that mindset? How did that, how did that play out? Did it go like you hoped it was going to go? Or did it backfire? Okay, then maybe let's stop and think about how did you show up to that interaction? So I'm going to work on that for myself, and I'm also going to work on training and developing that skill set and that self-awareness to my children, right? Because like you said, we're 44 years old, and I'm still figuring this out. But if I can begin to train it up in my children, how, you know, how much of a, of a head start are they going to have in life if they can learn these concepts as children instead of wait till they're you know, 40-something years old? To, to be aware and, and, and in tune with it, you know, and we need to model that for them. So we need to do the yeah. exact same thing, show up, bring the right energy, exactly as you're saying, which is a good encouragement for me. I'm reflecting on an episode that I had with my oldest son, Jackson, just a couple of days ago, where maybe I didn't show up with quite the right energy myself. And it, uh, it escalated quickly. Let's put it that way. Sure. So how can I teach him to show up with his sibling with the right energy, if I can't show up in my relationship with him with that right energy. And so that's a good encouragement to focus on for the new year as well. I think the point is there's always a lot that we all can work on. And my encouragement as we sort of wrap this up is to spend the time that it takes to do your own reflection, to figure out what the priorities are for you in your life. You know what you know what the issues are that you're wrestling with the most right now. You know where the most opportunity for growth is. You know what your kids need in a way that we don't. And so the things that Perry's talking about needing to work on may not be appropriate for you. The things I'm talking about may not be appropriate for for you either. But spend that time because it can totally it can totally pay off and set such a positive trajectory for the new year. So we've talked a lot about helping to set goals with our kids. We talked about reflection and planning. And I just had two sort of final thoughts as we wrap up that I wanted to share. And Perry, certainly open to anything else that you want to share as well. And the first is another resource for you guys. I know we're throwing a lot at you, uh, but it's a book by Michael Hyatt and Daniel Harkavy, if that's how you pronounce his last name, called Living Forward. And it's a book that Melanie and I went through a couple years ago that we have decided we're going to dust off and go through again at the start of 2023. And it's going to require blocking out several hours to go through it together. But it was very impactful for us when my wife, Melanie, and I did this a couple years ago, because it basically is talking about doing exactly what we've just sort of talked about with respect to fatherhood. 
in the context of all of what he calls your life accounts, recognizing that our lives are more than just our work, more than just our health, more than just our finances, more than just our families and our kids, and, and they're all interconnected and they all go together. And so it's, it's basically saying, okay, let's reflect on what are the most important life accounts, what are the things that are most important to you in your life, and how can you be intentional in helping to grow those and have those show up in your life the way that you want. And so it's a great thing to go through just in general, but, but one of the things that he talked about, I just want to read and share with you here, and that is to start with the end in mind. So sometimes at the start of a year, it's best to think about the end of the year. What do you want that to look like? And then we'll sort of work backwards. And he extrapolates it out even bigger when you're thinking about your life accounts. And with this one, he's talking specifically about fatherhood and parenting and how you want to show up. And he literally takes it to the extreme of what legacy do you want to leave at the end of your life? As you think about what you want your kids to remember about you after you are gone. And that's a sobering thing, I think, sometimes to think about and a little bit morbid, perhaps, to bring up here as we're excited about the new year. And certainly I'm not going to be dead by the end of 2023, am I? Well, who knows? I mean, you like literally could be called to heaven tomorrow. I mean, we don't know. We're not promised tomorrow. And so, God willing, we're all here at the end of 2023 and we want to think about what we want the end of 2023 to look like. But what about the end of the year? What do you want your kids to remember about you? Because that can totally set the intention of how you will show up starting this year in 2023. And I'm going to read just the sort of the sample paragraph that he wrote that was related to him by one of his clients. He said, this is how his friend Chad, a high school history teacher, said he wants his children to remember him. He said, quote, I want to be remembered as a father who is deeply involved in their lives. I want them to think of how I would be able to talk about anything. Uh, I want them to remember how I was intentional in leading our family. I want them to remember how I would teach them through memorable experiences. I want to be known by the focused attention I gave to them. So spend some time. 30 minutes, 15 minutes, it doesn't have to take long. Write out three, four, five sentences just like that about how you would want your kids to remember you after you're gone. Well, now's the time to start working towards ensuring that that's how they will remember you. And if there are ways that you want to be remembered that you know you're not showing up now, and guys, this is me speaking to me, I'm going to do this exact exercise as I literally just said, you know, I'm going to block out time with my wife at the start of this new year to go through all of these life accounts and specifically one of those life accounts obviously is my is my fatherhood of how do I want my kids to remember me so that I can intentionally try to show up this year so that that is the reality. So I have one one final thought Perry but I don't know if you have any kind of reflections on that or if there's anything you wanted to to sort of comment on there. No, I love that. I think it's fantastic and I think it's an amazing uh amazing practice to to sit and do. And I will say that I haven't ever sat down at the beginning of a year and said, what do I want the end of the year to look like? I've done a lot of work in terms of, you know, even just recently setting down and beginning to write, like write my eulogy, what's going to be said about me when I'm gone. I think that's a great practice, which is kind of like what you're talking about here, but maybe even at a a more thorough, and I haven't finished that, but I've started working on it. Um, And I've sat down and go, okay, in 10 years, what do I want everything to look like? You know, five years, what's my life going to be like? 
But that idea that what do I want my kids to say about me at the end of this year? Um, and what do I want my kids to say about me when I'm gone? I love it. And I'm all in. So I'm going to sit down and, and do that exercise too. So yeah, thanks for sharing that. Of course. And my final thought, I was obviously praying about the new year and and trying to see what God wants for my life in 2023. And I think if if you men have never done that, that's certainly a practice worth doing. Ask. Maybe you won't hear anything. Maybe you will hear something. Um, but I think it's at least important to ask the question. And as I was praying about it in preparation for this podcast, but also just as I've been doing this reflecting for 2023, uh, I do feel like I heard God say, remember that I, God, am the designer of your life. Yeah. Because it's easy to get into the mode of, I'm going to set goals and I'm going to set action plans and I'm going to do the 10 steps to become an NBA basketball player and teach Jackson how to do that. And I'm going to do X, Y, and Z to 10X my income this year. And I'm going to set aside date nights with my family. And I'm and it's all about you and it's all about your power and it's all about how smart you can be to craft a calendar and an action plan and a game plan to create the most sex- successful 2023 ever and I'm going to be the best dad by the end of the year and you know at the end of the day who's really in control who's really in charge and I feel like God just gently lovingly reminded me that all of your planning is great I want to co-labor with you I want you to do all of these things. I want you to have an abundant life. I want you to have a great relationship with your kids. I want you to plan. I want you to talk about this on the podcast. I want you to equip other men to be able to do this as well. But remember that I am the designer of your life. What if we ask, Lord, where do you want me to go in 2023? And how can you help? How can I get in the flow, Lord, of what you are doing? And so, man, that's that's really, I think, my overriding and my overarching intention for 2023 is to try to just be in flow with what God is doing to the extent that it's what I want him to do. Great. Like, but what if he takes me a totally different direction? Right. Perry, Perry's talking about building empires. And I and and by the way, I'm not suggesting that you shouldn't do that because you and I have talked right. enough to realize that I, sure. I think it's God and, you know. He's given you that vision. He's he's That's speaking right. to you about that. You're wanting to build That's an right. empire because you've heard that from him. That is yeah. the flow right now. So I'm not I'm not saying, but but if I have my own ideas and my own ideas about what I want 2023 to be, but it's really not in line with what God has for me in 2023, man, it's going to be fighting an uphill battle, and I might wonder why I'm being thwarted at every turn, and how come what I'm trying to accomplish isn't planning panning out and. And all of that. And so to the extent that we can marry those two things, That's man, right. it's going to be a fun year. And so and so I believe for that, but that would just be uh, just my encouragement to you guys as well as you're listening to this is to spend some time planning, but also to spend some time asking and then just listen and then go where he leads. Yeah, that's beautiful. And as you were talking about that, the two scriptures that kind of popped in my brain um, from Proverbs are one of them says, we roll the dice, but the Lord determines how they fall. And then another one that speaks to that reality is the horse is made ready for battle, but the Lord determines the victor or or victory is the Lord's. Meaning, yes, there's work for us to do. We need to take part in this. There is work. We have to roll the dice. We have to get the horse ready for battle. We have to do the work. And at the same time, 
we need to stay in the mindset of, well, the Lord is, it's up to the Lord. The Lord is in control of all these things. The Lord is in, in charge. And ultimately, at the end of the day, he's the one that determines how it all plays out. So what a beautiful reminder. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing that um, personal word from the Lord, that intimacy from the Lord with all of us. Great reminder for me today. And I know it's a great reminder for all of our listeners too. So, but, so thanks for letting us see that, you know, the behind the curtains look as to uh, what the Lord and you are dealing with together uh, on an individual basis. Well, I am excited about 2023. I hope you guys are as well. We do have a lot planned for this podcast, so that is a big part of what we are going to continue to do uh, as we all grow together as fathers. Thank you for joining us. I hope you have been blessed and inspired by this conversation. Excited to talk with you again on upcoming episodes of the Faithful Fatherhood podcast. For now, we will sign off, but talk with you again very soon on the next episode. Take care, everyone. Be blessed, and we'll talk soon. I'm trying, I'm trying to be a good old man. Good old-